Kyle and I'm Grace and this is a super special episode you know why we're sober this time sober as hell um today we're gonna be talking about some of the Warren cases Ed and Lorraine Warren are some pretty famous paranormal investigators um their most prominent cases include the Annabelle doll which we've spoken about in the past as well as the Amityville house which we might do a special episode on the Amityville house, just talking about um, kind of the popularized version, popularized, popularized, perspection and popularized, <laughs> popularized. Not even drunk this time. No. It's, no excuses. This is just me. This is just who I am. This is my life now. <laughs> um, popularized versions of what happened as well as the reality of what happened and the subsequent effects that the events had on the people's lives. I think that would be a really fun episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Lorraine claims to be a clairvoyant and a light medium, and she works with her husband uh, closely on investigating paranormal cases in which they actually say they employ a multiplicity of... Um, help including doctors and other kinds of investigators to try and validate what they work on of course skeptics say that all of it is pretty hogwash and all the evidence they have is nowhere near worthwhile yeah they say things along the lines of exaggerated all the way up to just plain invented yeah um and uh they have a ma'am, I believe, yeah. of all the artifacts and uh, I think they actually evidence. have the Annabelle doll in their museum. Well, they have. nobody else wants it. No, so. of course not. Um, they founded the New England Society for Psychiatric, Psychiatric, Psychiatric Research in 1952. Psychiatric or psychic? Psych... Oh. <laughs> psychic research, my friends. It's psychic. <laughs> Not psychiatric. They are not professionals in the brain studies. They're professionals in the fake brain studies. Wait, did I say that? <laughs> Oops. Little old me added again. Speaking of, uh, like we said, skeptics abound. There are <sighs> a million skeptics, including me. Um, I'd say that I really like learning about these cases, but at the same time, some of it just seems very... Um, this is our profession. We need to make money from it. So let's just kind of force the facts. Um, I think that when money becomes involved, things get really complicated on this subject. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the case that I decided to cover was the uh, their investigation on Union Cemetery, which is a 400-year-old um cemetery uh, located off of stepney road in easton connecticut you can visit this graveyard 
However, they now close around 5 p.m. to keep people out from, I mean, this is known as one of the most haunted cemeteries in, um, in the U.S. So it makes sense that there would be a lot of tomfoolery that would go 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 about happen whatever um people gonna screw around in the cemetery yeah people are gonna goof off in the cemetery and it's not going to (laughs) my cat's playing with something out in the next room i can hear it maybe we'll have a feature feature presentation in which we can listen to milo meow that would be fine milo okay um so it is one of the most haunted in the U.S. Uh, they close at five. Uh, the Warrens have actually written a book entitled Graveyard on this subject. Um, uh, we actually got a comment on our Facebook page, which you should follow. It's under Spooked and Spirited. Um, and it is a marvelous time in which we just keep track of how many people like it. And we actually, <laughs> I mean, if you comment, we will interact with you. We don't have that many listeners right now. It's pretty easy to keep up with everyone. Yeah. So um, we got a recommendation on our Facebook page to uh, start putting up a notes page containing maybe pictures, website links, right. a little bit of information on the topics. And I think that's a great idea. And so we're going to work on getting that started. And for this one, um, I think we'll include some pictures, maybe a map of where the cemetery is. Um, their website if they have an actual website or just a website on it otherwise um i think that's a great idea and we will work on getting that done mm-hmm. when we have a fully functioning web page we might even have an entire section that can just be for those notes you yeah. can scroll through them. um the most popular sighting at union cemetery is the white lady Now, she is a pretty classic ghost. She is a semi-transparent woman floating around in a white nightgown or a wedding dress. It is undetermined which one. Ed Warren has actually claimed to have caught um, the white lady on camera. Um, of so course. She's the uh, kind of wear a sheet for Halloween type of ghost. Then. Yeah, she yeah. is. She really is. Um, I'm going to set up some storytelling style, uh, so storytelling style uh, ways of telling you about the white lady. Okay. So. I'm listening. You're driving down a road. It's Stepney Road outside of Easton, Connecticut. You know you are near the very famous Union Cemetery. It's dark. It's late at night. You're just trying to get home at this point. And then a woman appears on the road. Oh no. It's it's too late. Oh my god, it's too late. You try to break. You try to break, but no, you hit her. You know you hit her. You hear a thud. Your heart clenches. You know that something horrible has happened. You get out of your car. You look around only to find that nothing was there. There's Nothing there, except there's a dent on the front of your car with no trace of the woman you hit. So, that's one story that somebody told of the white lady. Mm. 
I think I've heard variation that story before. It's a pretty classic style of ghost yeah. story. Um, the lady on the side of the road or lady in the road is mm-hmm. a pretty classic ghost story, campfire style. Yeah. You know. Um, so, pretty much, um, she is mostly seen floating amongst gravestones at night. Um, there are a few legends about what she actually is. Um, people say that she is the spirit of a woman murdered in the 1940s after she killed her husband. Oh, wow. Which, who murdered her? There was no information on who murdered the woman who murdered her husband. Was it vengeance? Was it, was it her husband's spook? I I don't know. Just murdered? Who murdered her? Um, another one is... Um, that she's a turn-of-the-20th-century woman with, uh, and her body was dumped into a sinkhole behind the church. Mm. Um, I guess she was murdered then as well. Um, and apparently there's a sinkhole behind the church, which <laughs> seems kind of worrisome for the actual gravesite itself. Because, yeah. uh, all them going under. <laughs> Um, Not a great place to put a graveyard if you've got a sinkhole right there. And then the last one, my favorite, is it's a woman who died in childbirth searching for her child. Which I think kind of gives poetry to the wandering amongst the gravestones. I can see that. And wandering into the road. I like that. I think it's much more poetic than, oh, lonely woman, she was murdered. The (laughs) end. Um... Uh, some of the sightings include sightings from policemen and firemen. That's always something people say when they want to give credence to the sightings. Um, they say that people with reputable positions in society have seen it as well and come forth. Um, that's always a classic thing in UFO sightings as well is a, a policeman saw it too and he was convinced and... So it wasn't just people reporting it to the police. The policemen saw it too. So um, that kind of gives uh, an air of legitimacy to Union Cemetery's ghosts. Mm -hmm. And then another one, one that I think is much, much creepier, is supposedly Red Eyes is a spook that they see. And it is just Red Eyes seen glowing in the darkness. Um, once there was a man or several people who would see these eyes, think it was an animal, classic, everyone thinks it's an animal, turned and ran and actually heard footsteps following behind him. And here comes the cat. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, if you really think about it, that could just be an animal. Yeah. That's the most logical explanation. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, there's, oh wait, Red Eyes actually has some legends surrounding it too. Um, one is that it's the ghost of a man named Earl Kellogg set on fire in 1935. The cat is now on the recording table. We, he (laughs) does not care. He is satisfied with his choices. Kitty, kitty. (laughs) He's talking. What? Kitty, kitty. 
All right. Back to recording. <laughs> He's the ghost of a man named Earl Kellogg set on fire across the street in 1935. Jesus. So that's really dark. Um, or um, other people have said it's a man killed by a drunk driver. And uh, people have uh, collected this information by there were a there was a group of teenagers who decided to do an EVP recording, you know, where you take your tape recorder and you, is there anyone there? Oh, gotcha. And then they wait. And then, could you tell us your name? And then they wait. And then when they play it back, supposedly their stuff. Right, right. Um, And they collected that information from a group of teenagers who used that method. And then finally, um, it's seen as one of the most haunted cemeteries in the U.S. Because in addition to these two very famous um, sightings, they also have sightings of uh, orbs and mists in the classic ghost sense. And that's pretty much Union Cemetery. Lots of little spookies with the two big spookies. Yeah, exactly. Little spooks, big spooks. (laughs) Little spooks and big spooks. Little spooks and big spooks. (laughs) All right, so I guess we can go ahead and move on to to mine now. I did the Enfield Poltergeist, which is actually the basis for the second Conjuring movie. So I guess I've now covered both Conjuring movies since Annabelle is the first one. Excellent. Um, and this is actually a case that the, the Warrens didn't directly investigate themselves. They actually went to contacted one of the investigators about it after the fact and were asked to leave after they just randomly showed up at this guy's doorstep after Ed advised the guy that there was a lot of money to be made there. Oh. Yeah. So that well, kind of sketchy speaks to these people's reputation there. But um uh, this happened in the late 70s. First uh the first started happening August 30th in 1977. Happened at a council house in Brimsdown, Enfield, England. A uh, mother named Peggy Hodgson lived there with her four children, um, Margaret, age 14, Janet, age 11, Johnny, age 10, and Billy, age 7. Um, and that night, her children were uh, didn't really want to go to sleep. They kept claiming that their beds were moving mommy, of mommy, their own accord. Don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. My bed is moving. And, of course, as any parent, she's like, no, no, no they're not. <laughs> okay, just, honey. Just go to sleep. Yeah, okay. Mama's tired. It's time for you to sleep. Exactly. Um and then she hears a loud crash and she goes running upstairs like what the hell are my children up to right yeah. now? yeah and sees a chest of drawers move on its own towards the door that kind of happened in uh the first conjuring movie never watched it yeah. it's a pretty good movie um she tried to move it back and couldn't get it to move and was freaked out sufficiently enough so she called her neighbors at first and uh the husband of her of her neighbor came over it was supposed to be a big early type guy and came over and there's just like this persistent knocking sound coming from all over the place and he couldn't get the dresser to move either and apparently um he was kind of freaked out too this yeah big burly guy freaked all out freaked too. out nothing scarier than a poltergeist like as far as hauntings go i mean you could tell all these stories and then the piano played on its own <laughs> and you're like nice like this ghost playing for me all right i don't care what time of the night it is lullaby time man but you tell me that there's a ghost that actively wants to mess with you. Yeah. That messes me up. So her next course of action is to call the police. 
and uh, this police woman by the name of Carolyn Hicks comes over, and she actually signs an affidavit to the effect that she sees an armchair moving of its own accord. Oh my god. Yeah, but it's not a police matter, because no, no laws are being yeah, broken. Yeah, there's no laws there's, involving, oh, there's a ghost in my house breaking and yeah, entering. It's like, I'm sorry, There's man. no statutes about poltergeists, uh, apparently, and... Uh, in Britain, anyways. We need know. to change that. Um, Make America so... spooky again. <laughs> so our next course of action is to contact the press. Um, and there are actually photos online from this. Here you can see, I think it's the Daily Mirror, which I'm not sure is the most reputable journalistic source you can find. But it's a source. Um, you can find pictures online of the the kind of chaos that was wrought in this house, the furniture overturned and thrown around. And yeah. There's actually a picture of the second daughter, Janet, in midair, supposedly oh levitating. No way. And actually, that's the child that, like, kind of all this activity was focused on because in addition to all these, like, furniture and toys and stuff and rocks being thrown around, um, she was being levitated. And also there's this kind of demonic voice that would come from her. Eh. No, that sounds like like possession level stuff. Yeah, and um, apparently, in addition to the Daily Mirror, also the BBC came at one point, but their equipment was like twisted up and erased, so oh they my never God. got so any. They could never get anything. Yeah. So after this, the con. Um, after this, the Society for Psychical Research sent out two investigators. Um, Psychical is that for real? That's what it's called. Wow, maybe that's a British thing. Maybe it, it's. Based in Britain, so. Um, Maurice Gross, which is the investigator that the Warrens had contacted after the fact, mm-hmm. and Guy Leon Playfair, and they are supposed to be um, poltergeist experts. Okay. So they get there, and not much happens when they first get there. It's kind of quiet. But then eventually it goes Steven Spielberg poltergeist on them. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you get the whole whole nine yards. Furniture flying around. The knocking comes back all over the place, the just kind of creepily oh, coming in and out. Of, um, you get the toys flying back. That out. reminds me of um, Black Tapes. Great podcast, listen. <laughs> but uh, you get the toys flying around again. Actually, um, uh, Guy Leon Playfair actually wrote a book about this haunting, and in it he says that the toys, when they would fly through the air and then land, they would be hot to the touch afterwards. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah, um, and actually, apparently, the family were thrown out of their beds at one point they would actually got to the point where they would all sleep in one room together with the lights on oh uh, me so too that's like exactly what i do too like that's very natural and then there was the the voice that kept coming. that's terrifying um, that's terrifying his name was bill a good old bill uh according to the the daily mail his name was bill wilkins supposed to be an old man who had died there many years before and then allegedly this information was confirmed by his son what? So it was just a man who had died in that house who just... He was a mean old man. Wasn't at rest yet. And was, he's a mean old man. Yeah, he's, he's not even a nice old man. Why didn't he just play the piano like all the other good ghosts? <laughs> but there's a lot of flies in the ointments here because there's a lot of doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, first and f- foremost, there's video evidence of Janet herself um, exaggerating some evidence. Okay. Uh... Her bending spoons to, you know, which is supposed to be the poltergeist doing this, but her bending spoons trying to bend iron bars to Mm. make it look like the poltergeist did it. Um, Gross actually witnessed her 
banging on the ceiling with a broom mm-hmm. to make the knocking oh, sound. Oh, to make the knocking sound. Well, that's awful. Yeah. Um, and then as for the voice, a ventriloquist, as well as a former head of the Society for Psychical Research, think that Janet was just using vocal tricks. Mm. That it wasn't any sort of, you know, possession level thing. Yeah, That yeah. it's just her using some sort of trick with their vocal cords yeah. to make the deep sounding Which voice. Which is, is strange considering, you know, the Warrens came to the investigator and were like, there is a lot of money to be made from this. It just sounds like somebody was trying to make a lot of money from this. Oh, yeah. And the Warrens definitely said it was, ge- they kept saying it was genuine, even though there are a lot of people who uh, said otherwise. Um, another thing that uh, kind of tends toward the Bill voice being fake is he had a tendency to change topics abruptly, which is apparently also something that Janet did a lot in her speech. Um, and then there's the big, the biggest thing, which is that they admitted to faking evidence. Janet and Margaret, the, the two um, daughters, they just plain admitted to faking it at one point. Um, and uh, Playfair in his book it admitted that he thought that they exaggerated some of the evidence, but he had still thought but that still it thought was that genuine. Some, but like, why would you, I mean, I guess the only reason why you would exaggerate evidence would be you're so desperate for people to believe you that you create evidence when people are conveniently around. Yeah, I, I can see that. There's also, I mean, at a point in an interview, they said that Sometimes her and her Janet said that sometimes her and her sister did it just to see if they would get caught. I mean, it's kind of just a childlike mm-hmm. thing. And then they did get caught every time they did it. So that the stuff that happened where no one found anybody doing it, that was allegedly true. Mm-hmm. But then, <clears throat> excuse me, but then in another interview with um, BBC Scotland, they were asked, how does it feel to be haunted? And her answer was, oh, we weren't haunted. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of back and forth. I mean, she has said time and again, oh, no, we were, but she kind of goes back but and forth. But it's a flip-flopping. It's yeah. like she she wants to clear her conscience, and then she wants the recognition, and she doesn't know which one she actually is right. looking for. And then there's the um, famous picture of her levitating. Uh-huh. And uh, a skeptic by the name of Joe Nickel said apparently that picture was taken with a remote control camera, as in the person who took it wasn't actually in the room. It was mm-hmm. just on a automatic cycle of taking a picture every 15 seconds so it could have been jumping and apparently she was also a gymnast at school so she had the easy ability to just jump off her bed and time the jump really well yeah to yeah be in midair right in front of the camera at the well, that's right really exact smart. time and other skeptics just believe it's a combination of those girls making up some stuff and then people just expecting to see what they were told would be there yeah so you think you see a chair move because you were told furniture was going to move, so you see a trick of the light, and, oh, that chair must have moved a little bit. Yeah. So you sign an affidavit to the no, effect. absolutely. So there's, I mean, there's some stuff that sounds like, I mean, the the two investigators say they saw stuff flying around, like completely flying around, and it's hard to imagine hard them to... completely just making that well, stuff up. how would up. they fabricate that? That's a lot harder to fabricate. But than... then there's definite evidence of these girls completely admitting to faking stuff and if they admit to faking a little bit of it how much more of it would they have faked what what is the threshold of reality in this in this circumstance Hmm. so that's that's the infill poltergeist excellent um that's about it for this time yep thanks for listening everybody thank you for listening 
Um, this has been Spooked and Spirited. Uh, no, me first. <laughs> this has been Spooked and Spirited. I'm Grace. And I'm Kyle. You've been listening to Spooked and Spirited with Grace. And Kyle. And you can find us on Facebook under Spooked and Spirited. And you can email us at drunkspooked at gmail.com. We would appreciate any ratings and reviews you could leave us on whatever listening platform you're using. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.